You be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, aka Big Dog. And you're listening to Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Royal Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd. Todd? Hello. Hello. Um, just Todd this week. Andrew's busy. Just Todd. Uh, well, we're not super disappointed. It's just me, right? I mean, it's yeah, not like no, you were it, a little. Okay. I, mean, okay. I, like, oh. I like having a third voice okay. sometimes. Maybe okay. not so much if it's Andrew, sure. but Andrew is use... unfortunately busy. Yes. Mm. We could use it at one of my other personalities. Yes, well, this is the only one because you're you're Todd, okay. you know, we all, all right. know that. Um, coming off Memorial Day weekend, you know, there was some fun Packers news with that. Todd, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? I did. Got some stuff done around the house, went to the beach. Uh, yeah, that's about it. It was it was good, though. Yeah, got some sun. Very cool. Did you see the um, shenanigans that the young Packers squad got into? I did, you know, and I don't I would like to see the statistics on this. Uh, football players and boats, they do not go together. <laughs> I can think of two specific events, one in Minnesota, one in New York. Nah, yes. Boats aren't good for football players, <laughs> so I just I just want to throw that out there. I'm a little worried. Yes, that's a good point. And for those who didn't see, I believe it was like Christian Watson, A.J. Dillon, uh, the new safety we signed, and Jordan Love were at, uh, God, what is it? It's not Cook County. Um, Door County. Door County, where AJ Dillon loves, and they were drinking on a boat, and Watson raced uh, Simone Biles, and Watson was in a hammock, and Jordan Love and AJ Dillon took like a selfie with him. It well, looked like he might have been passed out. It could have been bullying. Some are saying they were making fun of a young player for not being able oh, to hold their alcohol. Is some hazing back? Is <laughs> finally, yeah, we got rid of that <laughs> cancer Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan Love immediately is hazing his number one receiver. Now that's a leader, yeah, yeah, bring him right to the fire. But, uh, yeah, we're recording what is this today, Wednesday? So, we did have another OTA practice today, but more importantly, the Aaron Rodgers Matt Schneidman article dropped. So We'll talk about Oof. that. I know a lot of people are kind of sick of the Roger shit, but we are in the off season, so we'll go through that. And you can look at the episode notes if you want to skip ahead. But we'll talk about that Roger shit, the OTAs, uh, this whole rebuild versus reload for the Packers team. You know, this narrative once again: David Bakhtiari saying rebuild, Aaron Jones potentially being offended by people calling this team, you know, that they're in a rebuild right now. Uh, preseason stuff the practices that are upcoming and you know it's been a couple of weeks since we've had an episode so we'll have to talk about how in 2025 the Packers will be hosting the NFL draft which should be pretty cool pretty interesting uh a lot of things going on with that but starting things off again we have to talk about it you know he's always the number one story for the Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers even though he's with the Jets but Mitch Schneidman put out a piece today on the Athletic 
talking about you know the Packers moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Very surprisingly, uh, Goody and Aaron went on record for this. Like not very often. Like even that piece a few years ago from Ty Dune when the McCarthy Rogers stuff happened. Like no one was really on record for that one. Yeah, Matt. Had that a one lot was of more here. of like that was like a hit piece though. Yeah, that's storytelling. It's Ty Dune who fucking makes everything into. <laughs> Remember last offseason, how was it Darius yes, Smith? He signed with the Vikings so that he could play the Packers twice a year. Well, when he said twice a year, he meant twice this year, and that would be it. <laughs> fucking everything's a story, just a made up story for. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, and shout out to Matt Schneidman too. I it's you know, and people have said this before. I'm very thankful and grateful that we have the beat that we do, especially Matt, a younger guy who came on in 2019. I feel like some of these younger guys, you might get a little more clickbaity with their articles and the way they cover the team. And Matt doesn't do that. I thought he did a very good job of covering both sides of a very uh, difficult situation here. And obviously didn't want to piss off either Rogers or Goody, the current GM of the Packers, but uh, getting into it, a couple tidbits, First thing, you know, and these are just things I kind of found in- interesting and kind of feed into other things we've talked about throughout the off season and the last several off seasons. One of the first things, um, when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, they basically told Rogers that this was a GM decision, not a Matt Lafleur decision. Rogers had a quote that he said, "Well, you know, they all signed off on it, but that was very interesting. How even that early on, they were trying to." you know, control the narrative and not get him pissed off at Matt. Uh, Rogers said that when the draft pick happened, he basically assumed he'd be with the Packers for one or two more years. Obviously played for the three years after that. So something there too. Um, This piece a little bit bigger than the previous one. Um, Rogers basically confirmed that he told David Dunn, his agent to tell the Packers the season after, um, the Packers drafted Love, you know, right before the draft in 2021. Apparently, this was in February where he made this request, but he told his agent to oh. tell Mark Murphy to either trade him or fire Brian Gutekunst, which is pretty hilarious. And one hilarious that he did it, pretty terrible. Not a not a good thing when your quarterback is asking for the guy who yeah. you know, was in charge of the team to get fired. But it's also crazy that he did it. And he stuck around for two more years after asking for the GM to get fired, which is... And got a contract. And got a contract from that guy, <laughs> which is... I can't wait for yeah. you know 20 years down the line to hear what actually happened. Because if I had a bet, I would assume Mark Murphy really pushed for that for that contract. But, you know, I don't know. Sure. We, we yeah. Don't, we don't know that. But, uh, yeah, back, back to that. Um, like I said, Rogers basically confirmed when... Um, uh, Schneidman brought up that uh, you know he was asking for Goody to be fired. Rogers replied and said, "Talk to David Dunn," which pretty much confirmed that uh, that he did request it. A lot of people got on Rogers saying that he is lying because he had previously denied that he asked Goody to get fired. I couldn't find, and it, maybe it did happen. Maybe Rogers did deny. It. I couldn't find Rogers denying it anywhere. What I did find though was Goody denying that Rogers asked to be for Goody to be fired. And well, it's once again, I mince words a lot on here and it might be annoying. You know, maybe I am looking into things a little bit too much at times, but again, David Dunn is the one who put in the request. This was Goody's quote. It, 
after the draft in 2021 when asked if Rodgers had asked for him to be fired. Uh, <laughs> this is what Goody said. Aaron hasn't said anything like that to me and certainly hasn't said anything publicly. I think that's a little unfair to put that on him. Certainly don't like to hear those things, but no, nothing's been communicated directly to me, which is such a coach. <laughs> Nothing has been communicated directly to me. So now two years later, we're looking at that. It's like, oh, it's because his agent was the one who said it, not Aaron. They and left me a voicemail, but they didn't talk to me directly. So right. therefore, so I'm not lying. And it's once again an example of why it's like, you know, like Rogers when he said he was immunized. It's like you really have to pick apart these little things that these guys say. It's when it feels if you when you listen, it does it feel weird? Okay, if it feels weird, you might you might be onto something too. Like the the immunized comments like, well, I mean, feels a little disingenuous, but anyway, we don't have to, we shouldn't get into that. That's no, that's a no. whole different. Everyone thing. loves that stuff too. Yes. Yeah. But, and then it reminds me as well. And I remember this at the time because I listened to Wildy and Tausch here and there and going into that draft that month, like a week before the draft, because Wildy knew something was up and Wildy in the presser before the draft asked Goody, Hey, Hey Goody, you know, I'm not trying to start something, blah, blah, blah. But what's the relationship? like right now between you and Rogers, like blah, blah, blah. I forgot exactly how I framed it. And sure. Goody was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. When literally a month earlier, Rogers asked for him to get fired. <laughs> it's once but again, it's like, it wasn't communicated with Goot directly. Right. So right. how do you, you don't know. But it's once again, it's like, it's the things like that where I just, it's tough for me to trust Goody and the things he says isn't does not match the things, you know, his actions. And even he's a GM, so it's tough to admit when he's wrong. But I still remember when uh, Bill Huber brought up um, Hunter Bradley's struggles at a, as a long snapper. And Goody was like, oh, he's he snapped well for us. And then Bill like brought up, well, no, he had like a few off target snaps like during practice and stuff. And then literally a week later, they signed a new long snapper who eventually snapped in the playoff game who couldn't block. And, you know, we had the punt blocked and all that. So it's like all these little things where it's like these egos at play. Rogers, you know, he's a jerk, huge ego. But it's like Brian's got quite the ego on him as well. And then Matt is just the nice guy trying trying to just win football games and keep the band together. So it's <laughs> interesting to, to see this all happy. play out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's also like. I mean, is there is there a possibility that Goot didn't actually know? Is it possible? Is it yes. possible Dunn didn't actually put in the request? I don't know. You never know what's actually going on. I don't know. But I do I do agree with you. There's a lot of egos in the room. It kind of feels like to me it's like we're all in middle school and like two of your friends are fighting and you're like, you're Matt in the middle and you're like, what's going on? And they're like, Oh, I hate this person. And then, okay. Well, actually we're still going to be friends. I'll come over to your house. That's the, you know, two year contract extension. And then now we actually, we do hate each other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it, you're right. Cause it is just like kids are like a messy breakup. Stupid. Like we're literally getting into the nitty gritty on FaceTiming. And the type of phone coverage that Rogers has at his house. And (laughs) we talked about a little bit before too, but it's like the, one of the initial reasons why we moved on from Aaron Rodgers that Goody gave publicly was he couldn't get in contact with him. And again, you're moving on from a hall of fame quarterback because you can't contact him. It's like, he does have an Uh agent. You could reach out to the agent and be like, Hey, I'm trying to talk to Aaron. You're not just going to be like, ah, shucks. I guess it's Jordan loves team. Shoot. Got to trade him. 
yeah, so. Missed my FaceTime call. Got to trade him. <laughs> We're moving on. Uh, something else I found interesting, someone who I've brought up a few times, and I guess now I have to be a little nicer to is Russ Ball. I was wondering how much of, you know, behind the scenes with Rogers contract and stuff, you know, he's still on the same level as Matt LaFleur as far as the power structure goes with this team. But Rogers talking about how, you know, when he came back, he was asking for more communication, this, that, and the other thing. Rogers said this about Russ Ball. Russ definitely made an effort to be more seen, to be a better communicator, to be around, to interact with guys more. And I appreciated his effort to grow and to listen to some of the things I was saying and try to make the culture and the place a better environment. I thought Russ, more than anyone, really showed that he cared and showed a lot of personal growth, and I give him credit. And one, it's interesting to hear that. One, weird that it's the cap guy we're hearing about, but like I said, he's a very powerful guy within the organization. Two, it did remind me of the whole thing back in 2018 when we were trying to figure out who the next GM was going to be. Obviously, Russ Ball was one of them, but the other in-house actual scouts that were you know, top of the list were Goody, who obviously got the job, and Elliot Wolf. And something that um, Wildy has said in the past is it was interesting to see the way the two guys interacted differently with the team. Goody was very prototypical scout. You know, that was his upbringing. Elliot Wolf, Ron Wolf's son, who kind of the same deal, you know, scout worked within the organization. But Elliot and Rogers were tight. And Elliot was seen in the locker room a lot interacting with guys. Goody has never been that person. So it makes a little bit more sense with the way that he's gone about making the team. And it does make me wonder what kind of universe we'd be living in if Elliot Wolf had gotten the reins. Now, it's not like he's had any success, really, since moving on from the Packers. I believe he's some little guy with the Patriots now. But either way, interesting. I, I have a thought just on, like, it's the way Rogers seems to like, he wants certain things out of like certain, does it seem like to you like, okay. So like when it comes to coaches, it's, I think here's my opinion is that he doesn't like, he doesn't like the leadership style from before. I agree. I agree probably with some of, if he were to, you know, make that statement, I would agree with that to some extent. That's not my personal thing, Yep. but like, then you talk about goot goots, like, when I think of Goot, just from like the outside looking in, it's like he's very much just like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to make the decisions that I think are best for the team. And I don't act like it doesn't matter to me, like what the what the people in the organization think. I'm here to do this job. I'm going to do the job. Right. Like it seems very much like that is his response. OK, but he wants the reverse is what it feels like. He wants a coach who is stern and tough, but then he wants a GM that is like, oh, come down and like, let's communicate. Let's, and it's just like, it's interesting to me how flip-flopped those, like in his mind, like just going off things he said, because um, who's the special teams coach that he loves so Rich much? Rich Basaccia. He loves Rich Basaccia, who's kind of a hard ass, right? Like, yep. and and is a, is a tough leader, right? Yep. Like, it's just interesting to me. I don't know Rich Basaccia. I don't know any of the guys in the front office, but it just seems to me like from the outside looking in, it's just like, why does it matter? I, I don't know. Like that's you, you like the tough love on one side, but you don't like it on the other. So I'm just interested, like if the roles were reversed, but maybe I don't know. That's a very good point. I have never thought of it that way. I think he just respects, you know, the real I think he thinks he knows so much about football. And yeah. I I do agree. I 
he's like I've said before, he always says how smart Matt is, but like mm-hmm. you said, I don't think he likes the way that he leads, and it's just he's right. too much of wishy washy. Just yeah, tell you what that, you want to hear, maybe. Yeah. Just this kind of the vibe that I get. We're like, and he obviously, I mean, he's a Mike McCarthy guy. Came up under Mike McCarthy, learned from Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. who's a Pittsburgh dude, like probably just yes. a bit of a hard ass. Like, yes, even so when can, he's probably wrong most of the time and he's not very smart, <laughs> you know, unfortunately. But, love but Mike. Probably, but. I mean, that's the thing, though, is like a lot of guys really love Mike. And so it's interesting that he wants that, but then out of his GM, then he wants you to oh, well, be nice to me. And it's I don't, it's I don't almost it's, like he's picking and choosing what he wants to value. But yeah, that's why I feel like if you like tough love, don't you just like tough love? Or if you want a friendly mm-hmm. like a, fr- a players coach, you want a players GM, players coach, like you want a friendly environment. I don't know. I just but, something that's weird to me. I don't understand the, yeah, the back and forth. It's fair. Uh, like I said, that's a very good point. But I guess when you just focus on it, I do think it's just, you know, when you look at LaFleur, and I don't know if Goody's trying to, you know, have him play guys at certain positions or start them and stuff, but we clearly held on to Marty Rogers too long and played him yes. way too long. That yes. That's a coach thing. Uh, you know, Newsome at the beginning. Newsome, Is it a coach Newman. thing holding on to it? That's a GM thing. Well, I'm saying like you didn't have to run him out there as the punt returner for as long as you did. It's true. Yes, um, that's a coach thing. Royce Newman and uh, Jake Hansen at the beginning of the year, you didn't have to do that shit. You you should have played Devonta Wyatt more than Dean Lowry. Like there are those things. But yes. then there's also, and this is this is something I've been thinking about too much, and I'll get on this on a different podcast um, and go deeper with it. But I do wonder how Brian is attempting to build this team because one thing that we know about Matt Lafleur. And the build he wants for receivers are big, fast, strong receivers, right? Like he likes them to be willing blockers. Yep. Pretty much everyone that we've had, and we said, you know, um, Jaden Reed was the shortest one of the, or not Jaden Reed, yeah, Jaden Reed was like the shortest, yeah. the the third shortest guy we've drafted at wide receiver since the yep. year two thousand. Well, the next wide receiver that we drafted under the Lafleur era is Amari Rogers which is clearly not a guy that Matt LaFleur would want. So it doesn't seem that the organization is working as yeah. well together. And that's that, there's several examples, but that's just one of them. You know, there's the Miami defensive tackle who was on the roster all year, didn't suit up once. You know, sure. so there's obviously some disagreement going on with the roster build and the team that suits up every Sunday, which once again, back to, I've always got to bring it back to, Mark Murphy fucking up the power structure and, tr- and trying to bring communication together when clearly, especially after today too, and seeing this article, it is not better and it is probably worse than it was in uh, 2018. Yeah, hard. Yeah, and the and yeah. it's in the only thing I would just say to that is like it could be better in certain cases, like Lafleur and Goot could be communicating fine. I think Rogers is kind of the anomaly in a lot yeah. of these situations. Like I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't know. His and Gooch's relationship has obviously not been good, and I think he's maybe gone out of his way to make it a problem, as Goot has too. Like, they're both in the wrong in this situation. It yes. feels like when you have something like this, neither of them are right in all causes or in all cases, and neither of them are wrong. It's like yes. they're both making this worse. Like, they're not trying to make it better. That's how it feels to me. But 100%. I don't know. Like, it's – I think I think it could be okay, right? Like, I think Matt probably realizes, like, hey – I don't I can't have all big 
I can't have all big Well, yes, blocking. I'm just, you know I'm I mean? just like, giving one example. There, but there isn't that synergy that we assumed would happen when, you know, yeah. after the 2019 season and everything looked great. You know, well, yeah. And like Matt said, when you're winning, everything looks everything's great when you're winning. Mm-hmm. It masks well, what was this quote? It masks a lot of things or something like that. Yes. So it, it's and that's another thing, too. What that presser after they traded Rogers, you know, and Wilde asked him, uh, you know, you said when you have a good quarterback, you know, sometimes you just put up with a lot of things because you're winning or whatever, or that because you have a great quarterback. He's like, well, what changed? And he was like, well, we went eight, and nine last year. It's like, okay, we went eight and nine, so you had to move on from whatever. It's like, literally, you have to win 13 games, win MVP, or you're going to get traded. You know, you missed the playoffs, you're not good enough. We got to go on to Jordan Love. Anyways, other another interesting thing from this article, and this was kind of talked about last week, another former Packer, Devontae Adams. Um, Rogers brought this up in the article as well, obviously, but the way Devontae left... Basically, what was confirmed here, and I, I believe Devontae said this on the podcast last week, the I Am Athlete podcast, um, the summer of 21, during training camp, you know, there were Adams and the Packers were negotiating. Adams publicly said this several times that he wanted to be the highest paid receiver in the, in the NFL. And he clearly was, at the time, the best receiver at the NFL. Oh, yeah. However, at the time, DeAndre Hopkins had, as being the top paid was getting $27 million per because he got a fucky contract when he got traded to the Cardinals. Yep. I believe most of the other receivers at the time were closer to like $20 million per year or yep. $22 million. The Packers' original offer was $18 million, which I don't believe would have even been enough for the franchise take at the time. I think that would have made Devontae like the sixth or seventh highest paid receiver in the league. But either way, especially, I mean, we see it with Rodgers every time he would get a contract. Mm-hmm. or David Bakhtiari, you reset the market, and the Packers didn't even come close to it. So after that, Devontae was like, all right, I'm done. We're not going to negotiate anymore. They go through the whole season. He's pissed off. They put the franchise tag on him. He's still pissed off, and they're like, you know what? Just trade me. He says the Raider thing, blah, blah, blah. But either way, Aaron Rodgers brought that up, said that they offered him a Christian Kirk contract, which he caught some strays there, unfortunately. That wasn't until the next offseason. So once again, this is Rodgers' playing with the narrative a bit here but either way i hate and you know this time last year it was all you know Devontae wanted to play with Carr, his buddy and he wanted to be on the west coast which definitely was true but obviously going through that entire process and telling his family hey i'm going out west the packers didn't come up and and Devontae did confirm this last year the Roger, uh, the Packers did the Rogers, which I guess it, they kind of have been the last three years. They have been. They didn't come up on their offer to match or even overtake what the Raiders were going to pay him until the very end, so that they could control the narrative again. And say, oh well, we offered him this. So a little interesting there. Um, but yeah, I it's I mean it's very Packers ask to be hey uh, you know Jordy. Uh, you want a bunch of money. Here's, you know, a little above that minimum. Like it's like very Packers to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like not surprising, but it, I I would say it is interesting the way that they're, they're just trying to control the narrative and be like, Oh, well we did offer this much, but it's like after the fact, almost, I don't know. It's interesting that it's a different, it's a different strategy than it was before because before it was just basically like, see ya. Like, well, yeah, here's, he, here's your 18 million. Take it or leave it. And it's like, well, I'm going to leave it because I'm oh, I, I should be the highest paid. It's like, okay, 
and they just don't care. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think, I don't know if this is a bad take maybe, but like, I don't think it's necessarily bad to move on from Devonte Adams. Like, I don't think that was a bad move. I don't think you pay a wide receiver that much money and it's going to escalate you to the next level. Right. Like I get it. It put us in a really bad spot. It kind of burned through Rogers last year. Mm-hmm. Not great. Like I'm not like that situation wasn't good, but mm-hmm. like, I bet if you went and looked back at like at wide receivers, like high, let's say highest paid wide receivers in the league, like how many times do they win the Super Bowl? I don't think if you invest a ton of money in one position that doesn't see the ball all the time. I just yeah. like, I'm just, I'm not against the idea of getting rid of Devonte. I don't think that was a bad decision. More so the issue would be with trying to make it look like you tried when you didn't actually try. I guess that's yes. the issue. Yes, it is. It's interesting to touch on that last part there that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's imagine your whole life, you know, your life is focused on like your job right there and your contract. And for an entire year, the Packers were like, no, we're not paying you that. No, we're not paying you that. And then at the last yep. second, they're like, ah, JK, we'll pay you that. It's like, no, fuck you. I'd I don't want to gone so fast. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. You've definitely never been in a situation like that before. Yeah. Um, and then, the oh god what else were you talking about there well uh, just oh, oh just the team building thing so it's interesting because you're right you know top paid receiver how often do they win a super bowl well last year is a pretty fun example to look at because you look at the chiefs and yep. they moved on from tyreek hill and traded him away they won the super bowol but yep. then the inverse you look at the nfc and the eagles traded for aj brown and they made the super bowl you know but aj brown's important. not making buckets of money either I, I believe he's a top five, top 10 oh, paid receiver. Okay. So pretty close. If if the Packers yeah. had offered um, Devontae that A.J. Brown contract in 2021, he would have been with the team right now. So sure. okay. I would say in a vacuum, yes, you're right. Moving on from Devontae isn't the worst, especially when, you know, the potential of Christian Watson that we have now. But at the same time, from a team building aspect, especially when you're going all in all year, it obviously was a mistake when you have Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of rookies pretty much yeah. in the Zard and Randall Cobb. But that was obviously fumbled, but yes. yeah. Uh back to the article, a couple other things. Obviously the OTA talk, which a lot of people have talked about. I still don't know how much value there is in shorts. I think that is more of a, you know, team building type thing more than actual X's and O's that would be helped. You know, like fuck in January, nothing hap- nothing from OTAs would have helped this team in that game against the Lions. Like, I'll go to my grave saying shit like that. <laughs> but at the same time, Rodgers brought up that, you know, this. so this part was interesting. The team was upset with Rodgers not showing up to OTAs. Sure, we kind of thought that. And then, quote, a source associated with the team, who I assume is Brian Gutenkunst. There's only two guys who were interviewed in the story, and then there's some unnamed sources. I'm pretty sure it was just off the record with Brian Gutenkunst. Um, but a source said... The Packers weren't satisfied with Rogers' commitment and effort, not only during OTAs, but on a day-to-day basis during the season, which was more interesting. Uh, Matt Schneiman, when he was on Wildy and Tausch today, uh, Wildy asked Matt if he had some examples or if he asked for examples from the source of what the day-to-day things were that Rogers weren't doing. The person could not give an example. So I, this is, once again, conspiracy theory brain. I don't know if... That's exactly what maybe Rodgers was leaving early or some shit. But the fact that they, would, they wouldn't put their name to the line, but they wouldn't actually give examples either, you know, red flag I, bullshit. Yeah. 
to give zero me. credit to some an unnamed source that to me that is worthless like it yeah. maybe at, at the best value you could give something like that is like if if somebody's an unnamed source saying something you know if they're tipping somebody off they're the canary in the coal mine or something like that okay let's look out for that narrative but like when somebody's an unnamed source i just don't like i've heard it so many times the Ty dune how many unnamed sources were the yeah, Ty dune story but... like I just like the unnamed stuff is just, I mean, sure you can look into it, but there, I mean, good luck. There's a, there's a difference between unnamed sources on like NFL rumors account, you know, on yeah. Twitter versus a Matt Schneiderman piece. So I do believe this was. I'm not discrediting Matt. I'm not saying discrediting Matt at all. I just like me. I just, am like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Either, way, <laughs> either way, I think it was Goody who said it and he didn't sure. want to give specifics. That's my own take. It's probably not true, but. Who knows? Um, but then, and something I've said too, Aaron Rodgers said in this article as well, you know, they're mad about him not being at OTAs, but it helps him to get refreshed and all that. I know it's stupid, but again, you look at the four off seasons that Rodgers skipped OTAs. The first one was in 2011 when there was a lockout, he won MVP. The second one was the COVID year. What do you know? He won MVP. The third one was the year he was pissed off at the team and was kind of holding out, came back, won MVP. The fourth year, last year, did not work out. That was bad. He should have been there. But either way, I think we're looking into it a little bit too much. I don't like, okay, so the unnamed source says basically he's, he's not, he's not committed to the team. I don't, I don't personally see that as routers. I would defend him on that one of like, he's a diva. Sure. Whatever. Like say what you want. And he has a lot of spite maybe for Gutekunst, but like, I don't think he's not committed to the team. Like he takes football very seriously. Like give him credit for that. Like off the field stuff. Mm -hmm. Sure. He's a diva. He's, he does stuff that you're like, what the hell? Like just be a normal person. But on the field, it's like, he's going to give you everything he's got. He's played through a bunch of injuries. Like you got to give Rogers credit there. Like I don't, the, the, that's like a, a character attack that I'm not here for of the Rogers, like not being committed. Like, I don't believe that. Yeah, for a second. that like he played through with a broken thumb. I know he comes off as a douchebag, the broken after, leg or whatever yeah. that one year. He had yeah. The broken leg and like, I, just I like, I think this was just in reference to last year, but it's yeah. It either way, not Rogers has see. receipts. Yes. I yeah. stand with Rogers on that one. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. He went on to, you know, push back at the OTA thing. He said, quote, I feel good about the way I showed up for my guys every single week, and it's convenient now to look look at that. Talk about skipping the OTs and um, you know potentially not being there during the day or whatever, not fully committed. Sure. Committed, but it but it wasn't a uh, conversation when Russ and Matt and Brian and Mark would thank me for my speeches after games or the way I fought, played, and different things. You can re- rewrite history all you want, but like I said, I got the receipts. He also went on to say, you know, we talked about the FaceTiming thing a little bit earlier, too. He had that line where he said, you know, he communicates with people, but he, you know, communicates more to the people he likes. So he's saying that he doesn't like Brian Gutekunst. Again, it's like, dude, you can say this shit without fucking saying it like that. Like, come on, dude. I don't know. I'm here for it. Take the gloves off. Yeah, I guess. It's just like, come on, dude. It's over. You're... Like, this is our last hurrah. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, he did say, Roger said, um, before going on the darkness re- retreat, he did reach out to Goody and said he wanted to meet up with him and Matt because he heard some rumors swirling around. So he tried to have another meeting that he didn't duck out on. That didn't happen. He came out of the darkness retreat. 
done, his agent told him that the Packers were floating his name around. So he said, okay, I want to play for the Jets. And that was pretty much it. Uh, the last thing to talk about with the article. Wait, so he came out of there, like basically like he came out of the dark room and his somebody was like, hey, they're floating your name around. And it's like, okay, I want to play for the Jets. Tampering. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, once again, it's okay. well, who knows? Who knows who started the you're in a dark room for with five all this. days and all. Oh, I just want to play for the Jets now. All well, right. maybe he was in the dark room and that's when they started floating his name around because that article from Domofsky and someone else a couple of weeks ago as well kind of went through all of it and how Goody pretty much reached out to the Jets like, huh, what do you think? Uh, like in person? Like, oh, well, what oh. do you think of what if he became available? And yeah, all that. The last thing to talk about with this. Finally, I'm sure everyone loves talking about us talking about Aaron Rodgers. Once again, one of the me because I'm kind of I like Goody. I don't love him, but he seems like just as much of a narcissist as Rodgers at times. I would say, you know, he drafted Jordan Love, gave him, a, you know, he has a four year contract when he had Aaron Rodgers for four years. Still, anyways, anyways, um, interesting thing that Goody said when talking about Jordan Love, um, and that first start that he had, quote. We didn't have a great plan for him there. I thought the way he responded to that, the way he handled himself in the midst of all that chaos and a tough time, I think it gave us confidence that he could stay poised in those moments. This is a shot at Matt LaFleur. There is, you can say this without saying the game plan. You could say he was thrown into a tough situation on a short week. You can say that, and you're not throwing your coach under the bus. But once again, you are talk you're talking about the game plan. And I like myself, I don't think the higher ups uh at Lambeau like that uh Matt kept his whole coaching staff around, especially the offensive one. And I think this is kind of what he's alluding to here too, where the plan isn't always great from from Matt, but it's funny to see Goot go on record. There was like two or three quotes in here from uh, Goody, and one of them is you know throwing shade at Matt Lafleur. Not not the most shade, but I would still say you didn't have to say that. I mean, yeah, yeah, you definitely don't have to say that. I'm trying to like I'm trying to think of a way to like spin zone it, but I'm having a hard time. I'm just like playing devil's advocate, but it's like okay, he's just trying to prop up love, but at the same time, which is it's fine. Like you don't have to put down your coach to prop up love. Exactly. And even Jordan so, said that he didn't play well, but Goody wouldn't say yeah. that. You know, wow. I can't but... Yeah, I can't think of I was trying to spin zone. I was really trying. I don't have a spin zone. So yeah, that was just dumb. That was a dumb idea to mm-hmm. say it. And maybe it just slipped out. Like I'm not these guys aren't perfect. They're not great media guys. I don't know. Just like well but he watches his words. We talked about the whole asking to get fired thing, and he mm-hmm. knew what to say for that. It wasn't yeah, able to interesting. say. He's taken his gloves off a little bit more when he talks about Rogers. You know, like I said mm-hmm. before, too, the whole texting FaceTime thing. It's like, God, I'm, I, you know, I keep saying I'm ready to move on, but obviously we're still talking we're at about the end. it. So we're close. So yeah, this we'll move on now. And <laughs> I promise everyone that this will definitely be the last time we'll we talk never about talk Rogers about Rogers again on this podcast. Not at all. Yeah. So more fun things, more now things going on. The Packers OTAs and rookie minicamp happened a couple weeks ago. A couple of fun things to talk about here with players who are on the team. The tight ends, uh, Musgrave, something that a few people have brought up is how fast and big he is, which kind of is a big thing with this team. John Kuhn describing the team. He was at practice today, said that they're the youngest and tallest and fastest team he's seen. I don't know how you could just 
look at a team practicing and like snapshot that and look back in time to I love the other teams you've been around. Pretty cool either way. Um, Musgrave, two things about him. So we had our whole draft thing talking about these guys. Yep. I think Tucker Craft is going to be better than Musgrave. I'm going to say that now. I know I was a little, you know, just in I, general, I, I, you're going to say like in the first two years, or you're just saying. Better. I think I think better. I I feel like there's a higher floor for Tucker Craft and the type of player he is, as opposed to the player that Musgrave is. Musgrave is, you know, he is an offensive weapon. If he, but if he can't be a receiver in the NFL, he's not going to cut it out. Um. Kraft is in line, he can block, and he just looks more like a tight end. You know, Musgrave looks a little bit more slender. And the weird things about him, and I'm not, you know, an X's and O's guys, but it's he he falls down pretty quick. He's kind of weird with the ball in his hands and he goes down pretty easy. And he you watch him practice and we'll watch him in the preseason. He leaves his feet to catch the ball a lot which yeah, I don't think do you're supposed to do. And especially him when he already doesn't seem to have the best control with his feet. You know, he is like a goddamn elk out there. He falls quite a bit. So I'm curious to see how that works. I'm still very excited to see him, and I'm probably going to be wrong on who will be better between the two, but just something I noticed. Yeah, I know there's some guys out there that too that have been successful with like weird things. Like I'm trying to remember who's the Giants receiver that would just yeah like you fall you love Victor time. Cruz you hated Victor, Victor Cruz because he so would it's like go down like that. There's uh, Tyler Lockett was, for the Seahawks now is kind of Tyler Lockett. That's it. actually who I was yep. thinking of Tyler Lockett, but I did not like Victor Cruz. Anyways, yeah, there's like you can I think the jumping thing I've seen guys do that before. I don't know if it's like a concentration thing. Like when you're in the air, there's no like bouncing. I have no idea what it it's is. It's odd because I remember when we coached and it was like a thing that you should. There's leave some your guys feet. that do that though. Like that. But I do don't that remember. Consistently. S- I don't remember seeing it so much in the league. Like, you know, probably I not in the league. It. Yeah, yes. probably not in the league. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. So you're saying Tucker Craft, you think is going to be, is going to be better than Musgrave. I think he's got that football mind. I know I said he's uh, uh, maybe not. I kind of tend to agree. Like, like Kittle's not like. I mean, so Kittle's athletic. He's athletic. Yeah, like Gronk is really athletic too. But like they're more of like knucklehead. They're like stumbling, bumbling. Yes, Gronk is stumbling, bumbling. But like you can't knock him down. But like Kittle is more of just like a hard nose. Like he's like your, he's like your hard nose football player, right? Like he's a tight end. Right. Like, so that's like, I don't know, more of like a craft type thing I could see. Like, that's more of his skill set. And craft likes contact. Craft goes after guys. And I don't think Musgrave has that. And it's again, you know, we have a much smaller sample size with him. I guess craft, you know, he got hurt last year too. Um, But I don't know. We'll see. Just something I thought of. But then you've got guys in the league too, like Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. (sighs) That's a good point. Hated contact. Yeah. And look how successful he was. So, like, you don't have to. That's a good to, point. That's a very good point. It's just in how you use him, too. So, yeah. We'll so, see. we've got we've got uh, Kittle slash Gronk and Jimmy Graham. Oh, wow. Are you, I don't think I We're said this in good before. shape. You ready for my nickname for Kraft? What is it? So, he's, you know, we're saying he's kind of like Gronk. His okay. name is Kraft, K-R. Okay. Uh, have yeah. you ever watched The Emperor's New Groove? I, I definitely have. Kronk. Kronk? Kronk. He oh, is Kronk. Kronk. Yeah, he's Kronk. Yeah, um, okay. He's Kronk, and it's also Gronk, and it's Kraft. Kraft, Gronk, Kronk, Kronk, Emperor's New Groove. There you go. That's that's what I'm calling I like it. it. Kronk. I like it. So we have Kronk, 
And then I, you know, a lot Uh-oh. of people call him Hercules, but I think he's Johnny Ooh. Bravo. Yeah, that I do like he that looks one too. Like he, Johnny he's got Bravo. that. And he's the hair? got very blonde hair. Yes, I he, think yes. we need to get some sunglasses for him. I think he's Johnny Bravo. <laughs> we'll see. I very much looking forward to him too. I guess we can talk about him, like Musgrave as well. People are talking about uh, Lucas Van Ness because he is tall and he is big. And once again, he just and I mean we've heard this kind of shit in the past and. This is, you know, short season for these football players. You know, yes. we've talked about it as well. Like DJ Williams was so good back in the day in shorts. Tory Gurley, those guys. So we'll see. You know, Dayton Jones, I think he was very impressive early on. Uh, and we're getting that same kind of deal with Lucas Van Ness. So people are just saying how strong he looks, how big he looks. So I'm already very excited about that. A very good thing to bring up on a podcast. Um, another thing, the offensive line competition there Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins did show up this week for OTAs they weren't there last week so right now it's Bakhtiari Elton Jenkins on the left side they Mm -hmm. said that's pretty much squared away obviously Um, but then Steno said it should be a competition on the rest of the line so center right guard right tackle Uh, Zach Tom was at right tackle today a lot of people and we've been on this as well think he'll compete at center especially the things that they ask this offensive line to do. Zach Tom seems to be a very smart player, quick player. Um, Meyer, he's he's just so fucking big. I don't think he can do all the things that Matt is exactly asking, and he did struggle at times. So I want, And then Runyon's good, too. It would be interesting if it ended up being like Tom at center, uh, Myers at right guard, and then I don't know, Yash at right tackle, which would Myers be Myers did play Runyon some guard in college, great. right? Myers yes. played guard, so that's yes. not like out of the question for him to move over. He's huge, but he's only taken snaps at center right. in the NFL, and I believe he only played one year at center at Ohio State. So, not a big offensive line guy, but like, wouldn't it probably be an easier position? To be a guard, I don't I, like. I would think that's where I'm at, at least too. mentally. I would think it's easier, and then yeah. you're you. It's not like when you get put out on the edge, that's a different ball game, right? And like mm-hmm. that's why tackles get paid so much money. But like going from center to guard, like I said, not a line guy, but it doesn't feel like it's like that much of a. Right. It feels like it would almost be easier. I don't know. Well, it's like, and if if uh, you know, we gave Elton that contract last year, and there are some weird things in it where he would make more money if he plays tackle oh i wouldn't be shocked if and i don't know what happens with david bakhtiari i wouldn't be shocked if we end up trading him sometime during the season too but i could see it being like bakhtiari myers tom runyon um and i was uh, thinking the exact same thing and then put elton out on the right side right exactly so i don't know that's almost makes if you're looking at it on paper right now that almost seems like it would make the most sense if Tom and Myers, if that's a good flip flop for them, right? Like Tom's Tom that, seems like he thing. can play anywhere. Yes, I mean Zach Tom's played everywhere and he's been successful everywhere. So like, which is great. Yeah. Um, but just putting them in the best position to succeed. So I don't know. It'd yep. be interesting to see what they do. And especially if you're looking long term with the team, you know, I, for Elton's time with the team, he's mostly been next to David. Well, especially if we're looking at the future here. I mean, we didn't even mention Yash, who's in the last year of his deal as well, and you could stick him at either end of the tackles too. So maybe, once again, wouldn't be shocked if we go through the season, maybe it's not going great, and we decide to trade David Bakhtiari and put Yash 
at left tackle or right tackle, whatever he's played both at this point. So yeah, it'd be interesting if to see like how that affects the run game to, you know, getting, getting a, if you move Myers out to mm-hmm. guard and have a bigger guard there, if that changes anything with how we run the ball, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, and that's the thing is people have talked about, uh, if Zach Tom is like big enough to play in the interior and I forgot who said this, maybe it was Nagler, but it was like, have you, do you remember Scott Wells? Like he wasn't I was a big literally back thinking that exact same thing. It's like Scott Wells was not a big guy. No. Yeah. Big, and he was, big Tennessee. he was great. Yeah. One of the, uh, I remember going to training camp back in like 2008, 2007, you know, I'd go to practice and then hang out yep. by the parking lot and get autographs. We have a Packers bag chair that is signed by Scott Wells. And it, oh, really? I think my mom had him sign it for whatever reason. And <laughs> it broke eventually and we threw it away. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Shout out Scott Wells. Um, some injury tiddly bits. Eric Stokes, he had the two injuries last year. His ankle, I think he broke his foot and hurt his ankle or something, but he had two surgeries at the same time. Not very good. He's been running. They sound optimistic, but more so, it sounds like they're more they're more hopeful with Gary potentially being ready sooner than we initially thought potentially. So How soon are we expecting him to be back? I don't know. Think. I think he said something about being ready for the start of the season, but we'll see. That I would don't know. Be wild. He is a freak. I mean, he is Bane Gary. So if anyone's going to, I do mean, it, that's I some like that's some AP shit right there. Yeah, if he's and, ready week one. I mean. We could use some ACL luck as well after going through You're David's thing, which was terrible, and Elton's wasn't very good either. He he was able to play, but just not up yeah. to his standard at the first half of uh, last year. Uh, competition at safety. It's funny because you know, like a month or two going into the draft, it's like, man, we need mm-hmm. we need some bodies, and yeah. now it is. Savage versus Rudy Ford versus Tavarius Moore, the guy we signed who played with the Niners. Anthony Johnson Jr., the seventh round draft pick, and then Jonathan Owens, who we signed a couple weeks ago, who is notably Simone Biles' husband. We mentioned him earlier. It's funny because, uh, you know, usually at least a few years ago, like when Rogers was dating Danica Patrick, like the uh-huh, Chicago yeah. newspapers would say, uh, Danica Patrick's boyfriend. <laughs> and it's like with this, with Simone Biles, it's like, well, actually, she is like clearly yes. the more famous athlete here. But Yes. That'll be interesting. They've been rotating it ha- uh, to start uh, OTs. It was Savage and Rudy back there, but I I know um, Justice Mosqueda watched some tape on Owens and thinks you know there's potential that he could play some snaps for us. But again, Anthony Johnson Jr. is the guy I hope we hear a lot about during training camp. Yeah, I think it's one of those training camp guys. There's a lot of buzz around him. Heard his name a few times, so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see how that plays out i don't know anything about owens but yeah he was an undrafted guy and apparently played pretty well for the texans down the stretch last year okay sure yep um the other big thing quay walker now this is a little thing but it's a big thing you know once again mincing words you know diving way too deep into the shit we get from these coaches Mm -hmm. um so i i think it was wildy who asked it too Talking to Jason uh, Robovich or whatever, however you say his name, my name's terrible too, but the outside linebacker coach, they asked about Quay rushing the passer more or lining him up outside, you know, if they've thought about doing that more this season. And he answered, yes. (laughs) Nothing else, yes. That should get everyone excited because Quay, as the season went on, they rushed him more. 
and he's mm. clearly a very athletic <clears throat> guy, and he had that kind of wiggle rushing the passer. So the fact that when asked a pretty pointed question of, you know, if they thought about doing this, and all he does is say yes, clearly they have pretty big plans for Quay Walker this year. Maybe they can do that kind of Z shit with him and move him around um, the line. It'd be there, interesting. But... You know, we're a long time removed from capers, but you remember like the NASCAR package and then mm-hmm. not, not so much the NASCAR package, but when clay was reaching the end of his career, when they would move him around and rush him inside, that was really yes. fun. Yeah. Like that, that would be, year, yes, that was, that was like my favorite. I was like one of my favorite clay years because he was everywhere. And it was like, mm-hmm. great. We're taking our best player move them all around like i don't know it's and then the next I, year he was like i don't want to do that on my contract <laughs> and I, I get hit too much but yeah, yeah he, still, he was pretty old by that point too but unfortunately was, yeah but yeah. maybe quay will be do you remember what the term was that uh Petten had for these uh linebackers you can move around i don't know bitch kitty i believe it was bitch kitty oh in his really? book talking about defenses i i believe okay. that's what it was so hopefully quay can be barry's uh bitch kitty and that just is the weirdest term okay i like it i like it i mean yeah it just okay it doesn't roll off the tongue (laughs) right uh joe barry mentioned him there we obviously talk a lot of shit about joe barry i i don't think he's good enough to be a defensive coordinator in the nfl the packers are the only team he could ever be a defensive coordinator for i wish he wasn't our defensive coordinator however (laughs) i thought he had a really good so he had availability a week or two ago i posted on twitter and actually got some interactions which was pretty sweet but uh bill bill michaels who asked the mvs question will play the clip here but it's bill michaels terrible question and then barry's pretty pretty good answer i'll play a little word association or in this case words association if i would say eight number one draft choices out of your first 11 you would say What, what do you, what, what do you no, it's just what you, you've got eight first round picks now, I think, on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, just talk about trying to maximize that investment. Sure. Um, well, let me let me flip your your uh, little game here. Um, what what if what if what if we just had a, a roster full of seventh round draft picks? Would expectations not be high? You know. We expect this is the great, this is the greatest thing about not only the National Football League but being at the Green Bay Packers. Expectations are high all the time, no matter what. So, um, regardless of the fact, I'm very aware of our roster. I'm very aware of the draft status of all of our players. But um, expectations are and should be high all the time. And this year will be no different. There, there's absolutely no doubt about that. So. Um, I don't know if I if I answered the question the way you the way you wanted, but um, the expectations thing does not. That's uh, that's the great thing about having this 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 word on our chest is that we're Green Bay Packers and um, the expectations at this place are high all the time, and that's great. I love it. So I love that. I was don't just like, gonna say I love that. Don't don't like Joe Barry at all, but after hearing that, it's like. I want to. I don't want to run through a, a brick wall, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want you fired today. It's like, it's kind of like the last year McCarthy was around, or the second to last year. Someone was asking him about like how bad the season was going. He's like, Hey man, 
I wake up every day and I get to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Like, yes. I, I can't complain. I'm like, that's the shit that I love. That's that stupid Disney shit that I usually make yeah. fun of, like Matt LaFleur for or something. But I'm like, the offseason right now, and especially with Joe Barry, when we don't have anything else to hang our hat on with him, I'll take a pretty snappy quote from a presser, which maybe he thought he would be asked about that. But to me, especially the way he like stuttered and was stammering a little bit at the beginning, he was like, God, this guy really fucking asked me that. He's like, you know what? And I'm like, such a great answer about the seventh round draft picks. I'm like, tomorrow we can fire you, but for today I'm okay that you're our defensive coordinator. It's like it's a football guy answer. It's yeah. like, hey, the expectations are always high. I don't care if these guys are first round picks or undrafted guys. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna try and win football games. Like that is like that is like the quintessential football message. Like, I don't care who you are. If you step on the field, you're gonna go make a play. Like that's like that's a football mm-hmm. guy. And like, we don't have enough football guys in the Packers organization right now. Like, well, we'll see. We'll see. We're young I just, and fast. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe <laughs> I'm just more talking on like in the front office, in the building. Yeah. Type of thing. We got I'm more not, analytics not, not talking about now. the players. Yeah. I, it's more coaching staff just doesn't seem to be giving yes. out the football vibes. Yes. Anymore. It's more. Yeah. Anyways. And I, the other part that's funny too is it's Bill Michaels. He sucks. Like I said, he had that MBS quote a couple of years ago. How can you live with MBS when he dropped a ball? Um, and he sucks. It's like it's like he just lived on Twitter or like ESPN around the draft where they're like, oh, the Packers haven't used a first round pick. It's like he literally read a stat and just like read it back to him. He's like, okay, come on, feed me. Tell, Tell me, me something about this. It's like you couldn't even form a, <laughs> you even competent ask a question. question. And I would play Wildy's follow up here. But it's like most Wildy questions very long, but it gave you context and it was such a great question. It took him 30 seconds, but he asked the same question, but with actual thought and got a very thoughtful response to, which is why they ask longer questions. But it's Uh just I I was very happy uh, for Joe Barry finally like pushing back when, you know, everything's been absolute garbage with him. Yeah, it's a great response taking over Um, moving on. Very important, and I don't know how much we want to get into this. The rebuild versus reload. Like a month ago, David Bakhtiari was on with Bustin' with the Boys. He had a very odd week. It was this where uh, they were asking him about moving on from Rodgers and the team this year. He said, the Packers are rebuilding, whether you think so or not. Um, And then he referred to the team. I just burped in the mic. He also referred to the team as they and not we. Um, Yeah, that was a little weird, but... Very weird. He was like, we'll look at Vegas, all this. Very odd. And then later that week, he absolutely eviscerated the Packers' Twitter account uh-huh. for the for uh-huh. the drafting. It's like, dude, you can feel that way, but this is not important. And I don't want to read into it too much. But it's On like, one hand, I love that Dave is just like unapologetically himself. Yes, agreed. But it's also like the they talk makes me feel like he's just on his way out. And maybe it's a situation where he's, he's going to get walked out the door type of thing where it's like... You know what I mean? Like, who knows what's going to happen with him? Maybe that's the running on the wall, and that's why he's talking the way he's talking. But like, yeah, I don't love uh, either way. I don't love to to yeah. see it. I don't know. Yeah, very, very odd. I it's like I get it, but it's like you're on the team, dude. Like, yes, it's a bit of a rebuild, but even Goody what didn't want to say it was a rebuild. Yeah. Moving on. Last week during OTAs, Aaron Jones, you know, the star of the team, probably mm-hmm. my favorite player on the team right now. Like, he's yeah. just. Such a good dude. Like, did you see like a couple of weeks ago too? He was at some high school for a charity event. I did see that. And he got on a kid who apparently said the Packers aren't good. And he's like, 
Aaron Jones is like, yeah, you say that, but could you play for that team? And then everyone's like, ooh, like he's in a gymnasium. And then Aaron Jones is like, no, I don't mean any disrespect. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's a professional football team. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I just I just want to hug that dude every time he talks. The, I, only, the only negative thing about him is he needs to shave his head. That hairline is so far back at this point. Oh, but I love yeah. him either way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he is, like, one of the most likable guys. I the mean, best. like, him and Jamal together, that was, like, such a – fun duo like those mm-hmm. two together was so fun like jamal's obviously you saw he wore like a i don't know it was like some sort of a like eyes on his visor or something like that i don't know it was pretty funny yeah it, well even that that first year with them god they were such good buddies too and mm-hmm. i don't know i like aj dylan but i still i would have rather i would have i love aj dylan too yeah it seems like in retrospect, I mean, obviously Jamal had a huge year last year on that Lions team, which ran the ball a lot. But mm-hmm. I mean, I love the way Jamal runs. Just like yes. so, it's just a slasher, you know. And what he's I mean? so pure like, too. Like even that interview after the Lions beat the Packers at the end of the year, like he's crying because his grandpa died, and I know um, he's the he's, best and guy. He's a dog. He's like, don't God, what did he say? Don't don't uh, get twisted with these tears. Like I'm still a dog or something like that. I'm like, fuck. Like that's, We've had some pretty awesome running backs, not gonna lie, over the well, years, like I, Eddie and I don't even I don't really Eddie. want to talk about uh AJ Dillon because I think I've soured on him too. I've 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 turned to the curmudgeon old man where I'm like, do you wanna be a football player or do you wanna be He's just a big Door County Michael guy? Strahan. He's just a big Door County guy. He's a big Door County guy, he's a big soccer guy, he's a big brewers guy, he's a big food. He's a big guy. He's a big twitch guy. <laughs> He does a little bit of everything. Makes you think if his heart. He's a big. He's a big okay, football okay. card guy. Oh, it's just. It's just. Clear I might jets. be. I might be thinking a little bit too much. Are about you the, the unnamed he, source? And was that quote yeah. actually about AJ Dillon? Well, he's not committed. I, I talked about it last year when he went on busting with the boys. I don't watch that podcast or listen to it, but when they have a Packer on, I will. And sure. the thing that still sticks out sticks out to me, and I'm probably focusing on way too much, was AJ Dillon saying, "You got to make sure that the fans see you with your helmet off, so they know who you are and all this." And from a business perspective is how is what he said to and i'm like i just want i want you to be good at football first and then you can do all that other shit but that's me i'm i'm absolutely in the wrong on this and aj does seem to be a pretty good dude anyways back to what we were talking about aaron jones said quote we've got everything we need here if you think we're in a rebuild then you've got the wrong team the wrong place we're here to play ball we're hungry we're ready to prove a lot of people wrong we know what people are saying. Everybody has an opinion. Most of them stink. So he said that last week, you know, about people who think that this team's rebuilding. And then David Bakhtiari said this today. How I look at it is it's disrespectful to say you're not rebuilding off a Hall of Fame uh, after a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, it was disrespectful to say you weren't rebuilding off of Brett Favre when he moved to Aaron. No one knew Aaron and what he was going to be. So I'm not going to sit here and pull back those words because of that goes on to say some other things but that's basically it i don't know um todd is this a rebuild is this a reload i'll throw it's a rebuild just because i don't know what a reload is i don't (laughs) like that's it's a rebuild like yeah we lost last year was a reload after moving uh, Devontae adams it was a reload after last year was the beginning of a reload we didn't have any wide receivers (laughs) with any experience (laughs) this year's just as bad if not worse if you're talking the experience Avenue Dude, we have we have nobody the, with any experience the experience okay so will d put this out this week too 56 of the 91 
players on the Packers roster are first or second year players. 61.5% of this team has one or less years experience in the NFL, which is crazy. And then again, something, once again, the conspiracy uh, brain that I've got going on, I guess. The wide receivers and tight ends are so young. The the pass catchers for this offense are incredibly yeah. young. Obviously, the running backs are yep. one of the more veteran group, even though A.J. Dillon's like 23, 24, whatever. Um, but he's got a couple of years. I wonder if Goody is setting this team up to not be very good this year so that he can get a new coach in and have more say because he did not have say for Matt LaFleur. That was a Mark Murphy choice. Once again, this is probably wrong. But literally, this is far and away the youngest uh, pass-catching team in the NFL. Bill Huber put out an article a couple of weeks ago. Every other team has at least one receiver who has three years' experience. We don't have a single receiver. Yeah, but don't you think... Two years' experience. If you were really going to try and get rid of the floor, wouldn't you give him some weapons and watch him fail? I, but I think that's what he's kind of arguing with this very young, very talented team that everyone is very excited for right now, right now, because we haven't seen them yet. And I do think the core of this team is pretty talented. But I, yeah. how is this team going to start the year off, especially? Oh, it's going to be rough. <laughs> but it, yeah, but especially not bringing Big Dog back, which obviously we like him. He does sure. the, of the podcast yeah, and everything. Of course. But vet, close to a vet minimum deal, and he would only help teach those guys up. And I, it seems, I don't think he would take many snaps away from those guys, but having him in that room, I feel like would be incredibly beneficial. And I think he kind of wants this coaching staff uh, to flounder it, a bit. I don't know. I'm, I'm, but, like I said, I'm probably wrong. I hate saying this shit, but it's a thought. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess if I were going to do it, that's not the way I would do it. And I mean, does he not <laughs> how, have, how would you, how would you build a team? I'm just saying that's not how I would fire LaFleur. Yes. But I could, but at the same I time, mean, he can't fire him. He can only set him up to I not know, do very well. That's so weird the way that it works, but I don't know. It, sure. I mean, the consp- you've laid out the conspiracy theory. We'll see if it unfolds. Several at this point on the podcast. Yeah. It's just this is this is turning into a, a conspiracy theory podcast. Maybe we'll just but. have to change the name at some point, but yeah, I don't know. I this I think it's clearly a rebuild as well. Again, this is, and I haven't been able to say this since I was what 15, 16, but I really, and I think we said this before too. I really don't care about how many wins we have this year. I care, but if I'd much Jordan, rather see that talent. If Jordan Love is him, if he shows enough, and I don't want I don't want this half-ass, like, well, he played well enough, or like the defense the last two years, it's like, oh, well, he was good down the stretch. I need I need those moments where he's got that dog in him. I don't care if we win six games and miss the playoffs like we did the first year with Rodgers. As long as Jordan Love looks like the quarterback of the future, we could win two games and I'm fine. Yeah, I think, okay, so I think, yeah, I agree with that. I don't have many expectations. I have no expectations for this year, really, to be honest. I mean, that offense is just, I mean, nobody's going to know what they're doing week one. Dude, it's going to be weird. (laughs) It's going to be, if we run it 50 times. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I guess, okay. (laughs) That's not fair to Aaron Jones and some of the offensive line 
they do have they do know what they're doing. But well, that's, that's what I'm saying. We got to run that's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Nobody out there. I mean, they're going to be running into each other on routes. Like I don't know. Like they were last happen. year. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be interesting. But it is. Like I love having the talent. It's going to be really fun to watch the talent. Like we got to hold on through the first six weeks and see where we come out after that and just go, okay, like this, this is just a young group of guys that's mm-hmm. figuring it out. And you've got a coaching staff that I guess I would argue on the offensive. Oh, okay. Well, defensive side too, but like, isn't super proven in a lot of different areas. Like the coaching staff also. Yes. I mean, they're not working with that guys. It's gotta be way easier to coach up the vets than it is to coach up rookies. And now you've got a bunch of rookies. That's what I'm saying. And basically you've you've got like Romeo dubs, who I think is going to be a great wide receiver, but obviously there was some, when Rogers was talking about the mental mistakes last year, it was pretty much, he was talking about Romeo dubs. Yeah. And now he's one of the guys leading the room, you know, And, and I'm sure he's a lot, you know, he's a lot more in line with what's going on, but it's still like, you know, two years ago, Jason Rabel had Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb in there, and now he's got Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and Samari Ture, who are the leading voices. So it's very interesting. And like you said, those first – oh, everyone's very excited now. I am too, but I think that first month is going to be like a dog rough. It kind of reminds me of the – was it – I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. Was it Jordy talking about Randall way back when he's like – had to kind of like get after him. It was it was one oh. of the guys. It was one it was of the Devante. Packers. He got on Devante. It was Devante. It was Jordy getting after Devante. Yep. That's what it was. Of like, hey, this is how you work. Like yep. that's what you're doing is not it. Like you need to do this. Like that doesn't that we don't have that. There's yep. nobody in that room that can do that basically. I, so like that's yes. a little bit worrisome on guys that have the talent that you don't want them. Like I don't know. Like think of what could have happened to Devante. He did not. Nobody was looking at Devonte mm-hmm. in the first two years, going, "Oh wow, yeah, this guy's amazing." A lot of they were calling for Jeff Janis. Yeah, yeah, they were calling for Jeff Janis. So it's like it's a really the development of these guys is really important in these first three years. Like, I I don't know, like that that part worries me a little bit when you don't have the big dog, you don't have mm-hmm. a pass catcher in there, you know, with these young tight ends, somebody who can show them, hey, like I've been in the league for ten years, this is what it takes, mm-hmm. like you're not going to be in the league, make your decision. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, like it's that culture thing that's not tangible, but like if nobody's there to tell you, I don't know. I just feel like that message gets lost. And then where are we at? I don't know. It's right. It, you don't I guess that go away. it's good that they had big dog last year and they had Cobb last year too. So at least, you know, the second year guys now and Josiah DeGuara and um, I almost said Tyler Ivert, uh, Ivert, um, Ooh. I almost said Tyler Irvin there too. What is his name? Tyler Davis. At least oh. they know what being a pro is, so they have that to base what they're doing off of. But again, probably could be something we're reading into too much, but we've never done that on this podcast. Nope. Uh, moving on, Packers preseason. Nothing too crazy to talk about here, but the schedule was officially announced. August 11th at the Bengals. August 19th versus the Patriots. August 26th for Seattle. Now, that shit really doesn't matter. That means nothing right now hearing that. But very interesting. You know, a lot of people were saying Aaron Rodgers is gone. Now Matt LaFleur can finally, you know, run his offense. Well, now Matt LaFleur can actually run his practices because we have two joint practices, which Aaron Rodgers uh, on record despised. So we're going to have a our first away 
joint practice in Cincinnati, which will be cool. I thought of it when I was putting together the notes for, for the pod. I'm like, are we going to get a picture of T. Higgins and Jordan Love together? That would be interesting. Ooh. And I'm sure we're going to have a f- bunch of fun captions with that. But uh, in Cincinnati, they'll have a joint practice, have a game there. And then that next week, the Patriots come to town and they will have joint practices with them, which is pretty cool. Um, and kind of piggybacking off that, the Patriots coming to town, the Packers officially, Mark Murphy finally, and this was announced last week or the week before, will host the 2025 NFL Draft Wow, we did in it. Green Bay. We did it. Yep. The one thing he's been holding on to for so long, uh, you know, he's. It, what was funny is, you know, he they always get these presentations together and they have to present to the league their ideas and what they're going to do and all that. Uh, they had no competition this year. No one else was going after the 2025 <laughs> NFL draft, and that's what it took for him, unless maybe they just didn't – no one else went up for it because they knew the Packers were going to get it because that's going mm-hmm. to be Mark Murphy's last year as well. It'll be like five months after that. He'll be forced to retire. Uh, very interesting, very fun. Uh, I, I'm i a little worried about it. Uh, April in oh. Green Bay, we know how the weather can be. Beautiful. And, yeah, beautiful. It could be beautiful or it could be disgusting. Just ask AJ Dillon. Door County is always amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it sounds like they're probably going to have the actual stage and shit in Lambeau, but they obviously have the Titletown district, which looks like it was literally created for this type of event. Yeah. You know, you think of uh, the Bucks. God, what is it called? Uh, the Do Deer the Bucks District. Have some... They have oh. the Deer District outside, but you think of like the Nashville that. draft that they had where it's just a long yes. stretch for Nashville's people. Nashville's a be. good one. Uh, Kansas City this year where it's that long stretch. And Titletown, the way it's kind of offset Lambeau Field with Lambeau in the yep. background. I think they'll have a similar thing. Um, it's going to be weird. The big word last week was infrastructure. <laughs> Does yeah. Green Bay have the infrastructure right. to hold them, uh, to, you know, to hold everyone coming to town? Apparently 250,000 people is what came to Kansas City this no year. Way. Green Bay has a population of 100,000. Uh, they anticipate like $9 million of revenue or whatever coming in. It's a little scary. Wow. I wonder how it's all going to work out. Um, I don't think there's 250 people going, 250,000 people going to Green Bay, right? Kansas City's a different ballgame. I think it's going to be goofy because I, I, I'd I, be willing to bet it's going to be a ton of people from Wisconsin, yep. and you know us, finding a reason to drink, to go to Green Bay and to drink for a football thing. Um, we, we I just plan th- on going. Yeah, God. I don't. I really don't. I, really? I was going to say this. That surprises me. You, so you think about the NFL draft, and you're like, yes, I love the draft. But then when you actually watch the draft, like I, like the Packers make a pick. You know, oh, they announce who it is. And they go to the fans, and the fans blindly cheer for the player they've never heard of, who is now Green Bay Packer. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I need to be in a big group of people to watch someone very far away walk up on the stage, announce no, the name, well, and then I have to awkwardly watch YouTube highlights on my phone. I'm not going there to watch them announce draft pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going there to just hang out at Lambeau in April, which yes. would be, and I think that would be pretty fun because when's it coming back? I mean, is it going to come back? Yeah. Let's say it snows blizzards while we're there. <laughs> They'll never bring it back. And then you can be like, <laughs> We were there for the blizzard 
we were there for the draft blizzard and it was amazing but this is what i would argue weeks because we couldn't get out there was two hundred fifty thousand people (laughs) toilets weren't flushing it was we made a whole city (laughs) but so this is what i was would argue and why i put them next to each other i would rather go to the packers patriots joint practice than the 2025 nfl draft like that's more packers centric Sure. For me, you know, because especially like the second round. Yeah, it's like it's not I don't think it's going to be that exciting to be there in person. You know, I think it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be cool to see all the stuff and how they have it set up. I and think it's what music acts and shit. But I think I'd rather watch from home than go to the draft. And maybe I think I'm in the minority here, but I'd rather go to practice than do that. I think we will have a pod there live pod. And we'll walk around and, you know, oh, Al Michaels, hey, can we <laughs> do one of those, you know? Yeah. This so. 200, we will definitely find him, not the other 200 and, uh, 250 or 249. 49, math, 9, 8. Yeah. So. Oh, hey, Trey Wingo. How's it going? You want to be on it? We're live podcasting. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I've, my dad, I think, has told you the story before. I think the, uh, 2008 when we were there for the preseason i think it was the yeah because it was monday night football aaron Rodgers' first start uh for the packers against the cincinnati Bengals. i went to stadium view back when it was an actual bar not a fucking nightclub thing that it is now <laughs> so we go there uh you know i'm 15 16 years old there with a family and i look over and tony kornheiser and uh it's weird that i know his name and i can't remember the other who's the uh mike trico mike trico were there because they, oh, wow. they were the Monday Night Football crew at the time. And they're at the table That's next awesome. to us. And I would always watch uh, PTI as a kid. Oh, sure. So uh, after they were done, I went up to Tony Kornheiser. Because I didn't know much about Mike Trico at the time. And I was like, sure. hey, can I get a picture with you or whatever? I watch your show. And uh, my dad's like, he watches your show every day after school. And he was like joking about it, like laughing. And Tony Kornheiser, without like hesitating, was like, you're wasting your life. <laughs> <laughs> But either way, yes, those things have moments like that at the draft, at the blizzard draft, the 2025 NFL Lambo blizzard draft. Yes, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to go there. You know what? Now that you say it too, uh, the rush center there, you know uh, what uh, the name of the football, the arena football team is in Green Bay. Oh, I have no idea. The blizzard. Oh, of course. So they're right there. They're part of the maybe that's where they'll hold the draft. Part of it, uh, Mark Murphy did mention it. The first time I've heard this term, the Lambo Field Campus is what he said. Mm, and they okay. include the Rush Center. And there are quite a few buildings there. Okay. Just going to the couple games last year, it's crazy how much that area has been built up over the last few years. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But shoot, that... Uh, you know what? For being mid-offseason and having to talk about Rogers a bit, I thought that was a pretty solid pod. I mean, God, we're... We're over an hour and 15 minutes. Usually, even when we have a game, we don't have this much to talk about. Yeah, there was a lot to talk about, obviously, with Rodgers being, I mean, that was probably a good chunk of it. But I don't know. There's some fun stuff. I think I think a lot of people are probably excited for the season coming up. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of young guys. But We're like 98 days away. It's, it's more, it's almost, okay. We talked about this before, maybe, but I think it's like, my expectations with Rogers were always really high. So it's more of like, it's just, it's more, it's like less exciting, but more of a relief when we win. 
mm-hmm. where now it's like interesting to be on the other side. Yeah. It's maybe more like freeing to not have the expectations because like if I had high expectations, yeah, we would probably be really disappointed. And well, I mean, that's being, what it's been the last couple yeah. of years, I guess. It's just because I've heard other fans say that too. And I'm like, you know, I, I kind of like thinking we're going to win the Super Bowl going into every year, you Love know, it. I, but maybe I'm, not, I'm coming off as seeming like, oh, it's what's well, fun to have this quaint team now. <laughs> Ooh, that, we're so young. Look at them. They're they're drinking doesn't together. Doesn't have a good quarterback. I like it more. <laughs> I don't know, but I I think it's I don't know. I am I am excited. I, maybe it's because I was not good. excited for a while, and now I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be excited to watch and just see what happens. Yes, like. It is what it is. I've just accepted in my head. Maybe I've just accepted we're going to suck next year. And that's what it is. And it's just like, well, I want to like put up a graphic. Uh, it's just like Todd, Todd's thoughts on the upcoming season. It is what it is. <laughs> that's like, it's like the stages of like yeah. of grief or whatever. I'm just, I'm like, whatever it, it is. What whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And yeah. we'll see what, where we come out on the other side. It'll be interesting. Yes, I agree. I'm looking forward to training camp and the training camp tweets and seeing who who else is looking great in shorts, who Andy Herman builds up as. I, st- I still, and I'm not a huge Andy Herman fan. He seems like a nice guy, you know, does great work, blah, blah, blah. He was building up Kylan Hill. I know we cut him because he was a knucklehead, but he, yeah, yeah. as a rookie, as a rookie in practice, Andy Herman was like, Matt LaFleur is going to have to find plays or ways to get Kylan Hill on the field. I'm like, dude. If you watch this team, it takes a while for te- usually for players to get on the field. But yeah, Kylan Hill and shorts, yeah, that's the reason. And now he's still uh, a free agent right now. So whatever. Okay, I figured it out. This is what we're gonna do to host the draft. All <laughs> all the houses around the stadium, they'll just take in a couple people for the weekend. I've thought. Well, it. That's definitely gonna be a thing. I, one, I know Florio is gonna have hit They're gonna Airbnb out about a being, room. They're gonna be like, you could come stay in Billy's room. He'll sleep in our bedroom. I there will be stories from media guys telling us about their quaint, as you said earlier. You know, staying at a, in a one story house before the draft and all this shit, and talking with the schlubs who are putting signs in their front yard for parking and all that. So oh, I. I have actually, the more we talk about it, the more excited I am for the draft. I don't know. I think we're selling. I think, I think you're getting more excited too. You just don't realize it yet. It'll be very cool. I think it'll be very cool until it's like, oh, it's just someone saying names. You know? I think and we'll be there. I think you'll be there too. I think you think you won't be there now. I don't know. We'll but see. There's, there's a lot of time. That's true. Maybe it'll like be two all years. we have. Maybe it'll be all we have to look forward to. God, that's that's something so, other people have brought up too. Like, what if that? Like, we're looking for a quarterback for that draft or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's back to back years of less than five wins, and now we're looking for a quarterback. It would be crazy. This is this is so dumb. But if you like just showed Vince Lombardi or like Curly Lambeau, like us, the Packers drafting the future quarterback in a gigantic monstrosity of a stage of a stage inside Lambeau Field with Title Town and all the cameras and people to be like, what the fuck is this? What what is the society? <laughs> what is human we? society now? Yeah, but that's that's probably a little too. Uh, uh, I don't know. Funny. 
going looking right. from the thousand foot point of view but uh yep that's it uh if you like the podcast blah blah leave a five-star rating leave a review i haven't done this in a while leave a review on apple or spotify now five stars hopefully five stars it was five stars right if you leave a review oh, yeah. take a screenshot email us on pmppodcast at gmail.com or dm us on twitter at pmp pod and we will send you a free koozie with the logo on it and plus you know be cool be cool leave us a review um is this a no-no what about the what about the uh jersey oh yeah i still yeah is that should i not bring that up it's gone it's gone it's it is is dead and gone yes like big dog unfortunately somebody has it or yes it's just got you burned it somebody has it (laughs) okay okay the signed big dog jersey uh with that i don't have anything else todd do you have anything else i don't have anything else well, with that, Eric Huskin, and please don't sue us. Anywhere I quit my job, yeah, cause it just won't pay. I worked all year, I worked all month, and then they took my money away, yeah, well, now I don't care. Yeah, well, the sledding I mean, hill and the skating rink—that's cool, right? Well, I mean, it's April; it should be fine, but it's—it's uh, going to be cold. Yes, it'll be cold, but I wonder—I mean, they have moved the date around. I wonder if they will push it back a little further to that year, just to make sure. Could do that, or give themselves a little, a little bit, a couple more. weeks. Yeah. Hello, hello. Okay, I think that's working fine. We're recording over here. Um, I need to make a new fucking intro too. You do. Fucking big dog and Roger. You gotta put it. the one where the fan is yelling at Mark Murphy until it takes saying he's gonna <laughs> take Thompson. us to the, Ted Thompson. Sorry, Ted Thompson, where he's like, um, he's gonna Rogers. take us to the toilet bowl, and Aaron Rodgers to to- is gonna take, or and Brett Favre is gonna take it to the Super Bowl. It, he it's goes, just so <laughs> the part where he's like. Uh, I, I, I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> like that clip really is art because when the guy's like doing this with his hands and he's like, Super Bowl or the toilet bowl, <laughs> and he thinks it's like such a profound statement. Like Ted had never thought of this before, and then it's like Ted just not knowing really how to react. And he's like, Yeah, man. And then there's like the one woman reporter in the background who's just watching. She's like chewing her gum, smacking. Oh, things. I'm not. I've, I don't I know love, that I've, I've watched even it so many that. times now. It's like the little things like that. I, I just I, love I, that Ted is just like, he's <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not <laughs> going to answer you. He's like, yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't have a response. See you later. Like, I just love that, like that Ted soundbite of like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to respond to that. And then just <laughs> I miss Ted. He's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. It. Yeah, it's a bummer that he fucking died.